Courtside Indiana podcast brought to you by Box Out Sports. Box Out Sports is a leading online graphic solution giving you the ability to create professional content in seconds to highlight your team and student athletes during a season. You can sign up for a free demo at boxoutsports.com. Courtside Indiana podcast is available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well as SoundCloud. You can subscribe via each of those apps and have them delivered straight to your phone, tablet, or desktop. We would appreciate a rating as well as a review on either of those apps. Welcome to episode 74 of Courtside Indiana Podcast. I'm Jim Reamer. As always, I'm joined by Zach Tyler every week. Zach, how is your week? Good. Just finished up uh, teaching summer school. So Did you? now nice. I'm off for this. Now I'm really off for the summer. Now you're really on vacation. Yes. Was it virtual? Was it in person or what was it? We were in person for two weeks from eight to noon. Okay. What, what, what so subjects? Not, not, I was doing reading language oh, arts. Still, so. so more of the, still the elementary. Or I don't yep. Yep. Okay. I don't, I'm, I'm getting old. I forget what the heck you teach. So. Yep, sixth grade reading. I need to take like a reading. I need to take a memory class. That's what I need to do. Yeah. So, well, we got the we had the top one hundred yesterday, and aside from some other action that went on this week, that's the that was the main event, and it's also a good week because college coaches could come out. So it's really the first time we've seen college coaches in that environment since, well, from an off season perspective it's the first time we've seen college coaches since july of 2019 uh so really almost two years uh since we've had a chance to see college coaches uh the guys that i've coached were freshmen the last time college coaches can come out and they don't make a whole lot of trips to school games to watch freshmen uh so it, it really had been about two years since i had seen since I had seen college coaches uh, right up close and personal. Um, so that was, that was nice. Uh, you, we both were there. You, did you enjoy, you enjoyed the in the environment? Oh yeah, it was great. Loved seeing all those different coaches there. That was great. Did, uh, did Grand Canyon, did they get out? They did not. No, they did not they'll, make it out. Uh, no, they'll be, they'll be here uh, this weekend for Charlie Hughes. They, they are not allowed to recruit Indiana if they miss the top 100. I think that's, I think that's in the contract, right? <laughs> I guess I could I could have been eyes for him, I suppose. That's true. Uh, yeah, there's going to be there's going to be at least, based on phone calls, another seven or eight schools that weren't there this weekend that are coming out for Charlie Hughes. That'll be that'll be a nice welcome. So um, it, it was good. It was everything felt normal this week. This was the really the first time uh, that it felt truly normal from a school perspective because back when we were doing state tournament, we still were still were doing limited capacity. We still were wearing masks. Uh, I know we've had a lot of AAU events since then where things have felt a little bit more normal, but for those, uh, for, for those who don't get out to the summer stuff, I do tend to visit the top 100 and do tend to come see events like Charlie Hughes. Uh, I thought this past weekend, I thought yesterday felt extremely normal. And um, it's, it's been just a feature of this month is we're getting much, much closer 
to being normal, back to normal as usual. So uh, let's see. Let's get up to date on recruiting, and then we're, we'll go over some of the guys we like for the top 100. So get us get us updated. Yeah, pretty busy week for a few guys. Uh, Xavier right. Booker. Xavier Booker from Cathedral. He had three offers this week. Uh, Louisville, Iowa, and Ohio State are now part of his list. Uh, Miles Colvin had a couple offers. Tulane offer earlier in the week and then an IU offer uh, after the morning session yesterday. <clears throat> Tayshawn Comer from Cathedral also. A few Cathedral guys with offers this week. Uh, Comer got an offer from Loyola in Illinois. Uh, Jackson Edwards also from Cathedral. He got Northern Illinois and Miami of Ohio offers. Connor Asijan with three offers coming in this week, Northern Kentucky, Valpo, and Toledo. Jackson Gould, the 2023 from Warsaw, who I really like, got an uh, IWU offer, so NAIA. Joey Hart from Linton Stockton got a Northwestern offer. <clears throat> Mason Jones, the 2023 from Valpo, uh, Purdue-Fort Wayne. JQ Roberts from Bloomington North, Northern Illinois offer. Billy Smith, the guy you're going to touch on today, a Miami of Ohio offer. Uh, Pete Suter from Carmel, he got a Wright State offer. And then our last guy is Kyle Thomas from Cloverdale. He got an IU South Bend offer. Yeah, we'll, we'll save the Billy Smith talk to the top 100 part of the discussion because we're going to definitely talk about him there. Um, the, the ones that were most interesting to me – Joey Hart, the Northwestern offer, stands out to me. That's his first IU offer. That's his first big high major offer. Sorry. Uh, that was on my head there for a minute. And he he's already had um, – what's his offer lot? Indiana State and – what was it? I'm on my laptop right now, so I don't have these nice big screens with multiple windows sitting out anymore. Um, he's got the, um, Northwestern offer. Now he had the Indiana state offer, which was under the previous, which was in new Orleans. This is his other offer. I'm sorry. That was the other one. Indiana state, the Indiana state offers is interesting. I, there's, I feel that it's still extended to him. I know when he, they, there was some feeling that maybe when the new coaching staff took over that, that offer wasn't still there. Um, but I, and I don't know that it's been reported that it's been reiterated, but uh, without totally confirming, I, I don't know why I didn't speak with at least Joey's father. He listens, so he'll probably confirm. But the Indiana State side of it felt like the offer was still there, that they're going to, you know, they are going to pursue him. Uh, but the Northwestern offer changes the landscape of his recruiting a little bit. And, it is his first high major offer. Did you get a chance to watch him at the top 100? Uh, briefly, uh, at the end of that first session, I did, but it, it wasn't enough for me to get any kind of impression on him, unfortunately. Yeah, that's that's one of those deals where, you know, you, kids in camps, that's, that's one reason why I'm not always a big <clears throat> proponent of camps as a recruiting environment, not that this isn't one that they should be. This is the one they should be participating in. And it's because it's potluck on it, it's potluck on who you're going to get as a teammate, whether or not they have understanding of, of you know, who a better player might be on the team. And, and of course, those guys are all there for the same reason, too. So it's, it's not like the guys 
you know, it's, it's not like he, you know, he didn't see a bunch of bad play on the team he was on because one of the guys, one of his teammates was a guy that I'm going to talk about a little bit about, Joe Reedy, who I thought was, was outstanding uh, during their games. But Joey didn't get a lot of touches. And, right. you know, it's hard to say why. And, and actually, if you make me really think about it, I don't know. Um, you know, each of these teams had 10 kids for the most part. So they yep. pretty much played five in, five out, or they, they subbed in groups. There was no nuance to any – there was no subbing for strategic purposes. Everything was basically group that was out, come in, people in the court come out. Um, so I don't even remember which part of that group um, – which part of that group he, you know, he was with. Obviously, Reedy is a senior. Joey is a junior, I think um, – you know, and he, he just played on a team where he just – whatever group he was with didn't get a lot of touches. And Yeah, because he was with Comer and Comer and Leland Walker and Isaiah Davis, right? No, no. Oh, no. Uh, he was – no, he was on the Orange team. Okay. Um, just – he let's just say he should have gotten more touches. I know he and Hooks played in different rotations. Uh, so that, that part I paid attention to because I really wanted to see those two guys play together. Hold on a second. I've got to – Cat trying to come in and out here. Go. <laughs> I'm outside on a patio doing uh, doing podcasting, so I'm not sure how good of an environment it is. But um, anyway, he um, he just yeah. He, but but my my part of it is is I, I do think that he is a kid that is going to be sort of borderline between upper level mid-major program like what what the Missouri Valley schools would be and you know possible high major teams and and especially who look at him and think well, you know we can put weight on him and he's going to be able to be in this case a big 10 wing so um you know that's but that's a kid that I've liked you know from the start in that 2023 class so maybe right. a little bit of a bias a little bit of my own bias is there so um, Jackson Edwards one, I think two, I'm going to save it a little bit for him. Although he's starting to sprinkle into some mid-major offers, right? Most of his stuff up to now has been the lower, I guess we'll call them low major, um, low major offers. Correct. Uh, yeah, I'd have to look on that one myself. I'm doing it right now. Should have had my windows prepared for this. Yeah, me too. Uh, I can talk. We can talk about Connor Seijin real quick while we're looking that up too. Uh, he's getting yeah, go for those same kind of offers that he's he's already had, like the the go in there with the the Belmonts and that kind of stuff. Right. Uh, and Toledo, Northern Kentucky, and Valpo. So he's hovering right around that range still. So you were you spent most of your time in the main gym. Did you see? Was a Seijin over there? He was over he there was for in, one game, wasn't he? He was in session two, so I didn't see session two. Oh, you weren't. Oh, he was in session two. That's right. Dang on it. All my guys um, were in session two. Yeah, Jackson Edwards, his first two offers were Eastern Illinois and IUPUI. And then his last two offers have been Miami of Ohio and uh, Northern Illinois, both MAC schools. So he's climbing in. He's climbing into that mid-major area pretty evenly. I mean, he's right in the middle of it now. And he's got the physical tools without question and I think the, the one thing that's left looming for him is his just shooting ability and I, I 
but I don't think it's so far off that they can't. That's I don't think that's going to be too deep of a problem. And it's not like he's going to be a featured offensive player at that level. He doesn't have to be. He's going to be a tremendous defender. He's going to rebound well. Um, and as he gets a chance to, as he gets an opportunity to really focus on improving his shot, he's going to be a, a viable option uh, from from range. Because I, it's it's like if you watch him shoot, it's not like he doesn't have a whole lot there left to work on. I think it's just consistency for him. Because there were times last year where I thought he shot the ball really well. Um, is the season going to slip in and get any high major looks? Man, I don't know. The way he can shoot it, I don't know. I, did he look good to you yesterday? Did you see much of him? You know, it's funny. Him and he and Jalen Jackson played on the same team, and I thought both guys. Both guys played more of a distributor role than than anything. I don't know that either one of them. Um, it's almost like they just were not there to get others involved, but they definitely. Um, you know, Siegen played a lot. You know, was the primary ball handling with his unit. Let me click over to my section two notes here. He was on the green team. I mean, Siegen did a lot of offensive initiation. Didn't shoot much, and but, but then didn't. It's not like he didn't make much. He just didn't shoot much. Right. At least the stretch that I saw. Now, you know, for for those that listen, how I tend to do it is, you know, we got two courts that are kind of side by side, and I spend one half watching one game and one half watching the other game, and so really, it's it's just kind of a half one half of basketball for almost everybody there. Um, you know, we don't even with you there, you know, and, and even if we'd had somebody else, it would have been a different set of eyes. So, so for the games that, you know, the second session, you know, I just got a chance to see everybody play for one half. So that's not a great, it's, it's not a great uh, sample size, but that's just how both those guys play. I mean, those were my notes. Um, and I, I thought both them both looked good doing it. Both of them were looking to get other people involved. Um, so, no, he didn't go out there and just assert himself as, as you know, what I thought he would be, which was the best player on the floor. Um, well, he played with Lawyer, too. Right. And, I, yeah, and it's not like team. Lawyer took – yeah, Lawyer lawyer took good shots. I mean, he wasn't out there. Lawyer was definitely not out there gunning. So, that was that was good. Sometimes you see guys – you know, it's funny. I'm going to give Lawyer a little credit for something that I thought maybe a Siegen and Jalen Jackson might have tried to do, which is to try to show they were the best player on the floor. Uh, lawyer was neither – none of those guys did that. Uh, but lawyer did what lawyer does, which is he just get gets open and gets clean looks, and or at least gets decent looks. And he's such a good shooter that a decent look for him is is almost automatic. So, um, yeah. But with all the number of offers that a season has that are all kind of right there in the, that same range, I'm just curious as to if anybody's going to step up and, um, you know, and and be that be a high major team that wants to take a chance on him because he right. is an elite level shooter. So right. Yep. Any of those offers stand out to you? Um, I don't think so. I mean, we kind of talked about Miles Colvin a little bit yesterday, and then he ended up getting that IU offer. Yeah, you and I did off the air. Yes, right. Coach Woodson and Fife were there. I just want to see him in a position where he wins, where he wins games. I mean, it's – it. you know, it's not – you know, basketball is a team sport, but – 
you know, what's, what's the, the tough thing about that situation is, is that and the summer team is definitely crafted around him and, and they, they just play, they just play decent competition and, but they don't win a ton. And I don't know, it's sort of like the same thing we talked about. Well, maybe from an IU perspective, we talked about what Christian Lander might do where Wrights didn't win a ton when he was there. Um, but Wrights is playing also, you know, a bigger schedule. Uh, Heritage Christian, they're, they're not a typical 218. They're a private school. They do play, they do play other teams outside of what, you know, they do schedule up a little bit, but not by, not much. And right now Heritage has been pretty average with him there. And that's something that I think he's going to have to prove. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to see what life is like when he is definitely not the best player on the team because Heritage isn't super talented. Um, and this summer team has a couple of other pieces that are there, but it's heavily wrapped around him getting shots heavily wrapped around him getting touches. And while I think he definitely makes the, the absolute right decisions in transition, there's absolutely times where the ball sticks with him and he's forcing things and, and it's just not efficient. So he's going to have to really adjust to life without the basketball at some point. And that's not always easy. You know, it's not an easy transition for some. Uh, one guy that did make the transition pretty well was Desmond Bain. Uh, you know, he was, but he played on a summer team that didn't wrap their offense around him. His school team was completely him. Right. Um, he, either he shot it or he passed to somebody who was open and shot it as, as teams double teamed him. You know, he played a 1A schedule. And I had a lot of questions about how he would do at, at TCU, and he answered them. Uh, but then also he played on the summer team. You know, he played on a good Indiana elite second team like a team indiana which is their second team he, he played with a good group of guys then and, and he didn't always have the offense wrapped me rarely did have the offense wrapped around him and i, I think that's good training ground for what what you're going to get in college in his case you know obviously drafted so um so there, there is some precedence for it i don't know that that projects you know miles is a as a as a, you know, all conference type kid at that level, or even a guy that will you know, be an NBA kid, but, but that's something that's yet to see with him. Let's just say it like that. So, right. Right. Um, Mason Jones with his first division one offer, uh, his first offer in general, right? Yeah. Yeah. I believe so. What's what, what position do we, do you think he is? Man, he's gotta be four, doesn't he? I don't know. Maybe a three. Yeah. He, I don't know I, how. Yeah, he's a fit. He's a four. I mean, that's you know, and that's one of those. And I don't, I don't, I don't know the kid at all. I, I just he, he's he's skilled, but some of it doesn't translate beyond the fact that he's a skilled four. Right. So that'll be, um, you know, so that's kind of what he'll be recruited as, or I think, or at least that's what I think he'll be recruited as. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, Jackson Gold. I was going to talk about Jackson Gold if we could real quick. Yeah, go. Yeah, Indiana Wesleyan for him. He's got three crossroads offers now. Uh, he's got the Iwu, Grace, and then Taylor. Uh, I, I could still see him getting maybe some D2s, maybe some 
some low major D1s involved. I, I just feel like his size and his shooting, he just does a lot of things well to me too. I feel he could be a one or a two at the next level, I think. I just I, – I really like him. The um, J.Q. Roberts, we'll talk about him a little later too, his Northern Illinois offer. Uh, that is his second – I'm not adjusting life very well without my big screen here. Uh, that is his – I think that's his second uh, offer. Here, let me get to that right quick. Um, and that's his second offer, Northern Illinois and IUPUI. And, and I like that Crenshaw at IUPUI has, has been aggressive with offers. I, I'm i not always a huge fan of, of shotgunning it from a high major perspective. I think, you know, you've got to make those things pretty scarce, scarce resources. Uh, but when you're, when you're at IUPUI, especially with in-state kids, I think you've got to locate all the kids that you know can help you or you believe can help you and be aggressive with them. And so far, IUPUI has done that. And in the past, I'm not always sure they've been that way. I don't know why, if they've played the transfer game. Uh, but this is a program that has to have a baseline. And it's, it's definitely a program that will rely on transfer, that will utilize transfer portal at some point. Uh, to fill in the gaps because I think there will also be a team that that their best player probably will look every year, you know, to, you know, at least to move up the ranks with the way the transfer steps played out. Mm -hmm. But you definitely have to have a baseline. And so far they've been pretty aggressive. Uh, Coach Crenshaw has done a great job of, of locating or identifying kids in the 2023 class and, um, and offering them. So. Um. Anything else in the recruiting side of this before we move on to the top 100? Um, well, I don't think so. Kyle Thomas, no. he was there yesterday, but yeah. I just saw that offer. And then uh, Suter not playing yesterday, but was still I still saw him there. The right yeah. State he was, yeah, he was there. Yep. The, the, the news on him was that he's probably will be ready to go by mid-August. So that was good. I was initial the you know, if you extend the, the, the deep end of that recovery, it, it got into like maybe mid late September, early October uh, with his injury at the end of April. Uh, this way, it looks like he's going to be ready to go in August, and that's that's good news for Carmel. So, uh, But, yeah, with the right state offer, and that's another kid that was going to look – that's a kid that was definitely going to look to use this summer as a, as a possible opportunity to get bigger looks. Yep. And, and bigger is probably not the right word, but um, – but but Wright State with new, again new coaching staff there. Uh, Dan Beret's on and Dan Beret was one of their assistants. He's a longtime Indiana guy. Uh, he was at IPFW for a while. He came through the uh, Indiana University. He was a manager there. Um, he's been a, a Butler a little bit, and then he left to go to Jacksonville um, when uh, Tony Jasic left IPFW to take the Jacksonville job. So he's been down in Jacksonville since then. And it's just now getting back to the Midwest. So I think you'll see Wright State uh, recruit Indiana even more now with the, the current group of coaches that they got. So, all right, top 100. We will, um, I'm going to go through my group first since you weren't at the second session. Um, basically, we're going to touch on guys that we liked, that we thought performed extremely well. Uh, and again, all that is just timing. Uh, then we're going to each talk about a couple of sleepers that we thought maybe uh, go under the radar a little bit. And if, obviously, if I name anybody, we, if we name each other's sleeper, that's fine. 
Um, and then I'm going to close out by talking about the guys I saw in session two. And, and then maybe um, each of us tell who we thought the best player that we saw performance-wise that day. So um, maybe I can, maybe I can ask, ask you about a couple of my guys from, from up here too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you did that earlier and I told you to save it for the pod. So that's, yeah. that's good too. So we'll, we'll go that route too. So guys, the, the guys that I thought played really well, I mean, that, look, even the sleepers are going to be guys we thought played really well. So, uh, but the guys that I thought really stood out, I've already mentioned one, Joe Reedy from Woodland. Uh, he was he was a late invitee. I don't know why he wasn't on the initial list, uh, but he he came in for somebody who didn't make it. And I didn't I didn't know who he was at first visually. Um, and I asked one of the coaches on his team. He didn't know who he was, <laughs> uh, but luckily one of the other coaches did. And then once I once I heard the name and saw the face, it's like okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um, but that's the function of you. You were in the other gym. You're the one that's seen Reedy play more than me. Right. Um, you know, so I don't – I hadn't really seen him play for a while. So it was good to see him play. I thought he was great. He was he, he was aggressive with the ball. He drove well. He finished in traffic. He hit a couple threes. Um, he just was all around. And I like that uh, he had a couple of opportunities to score mid-range. Uh, he attacked the paint. And, and then even had opportunities to kick out and find people and – and all around, I just thought he was, he was, I mean, he was the best player, the best performer on that team. That was a team with Jackson Edwards, with Joey Hart, with, with Jalen Hooks. Um, you know, and he, if I remember correctly, he and Hart didn't play together. Um, and I think that's what, back to Hart situation, I think the group that Hart played with, it just seemed like he should have been the guy getting touches, but instead it was a couple of other guys trying to do their thing and I don't know maybe you recognize that that's your better that's your better play I don't I don't know it's but that's you know me going in with preconceived notions so so I thought Joe Reedy was it was excellent his his outing I thought Isaiah Davis from Zionsville we're going to give a couple guys from team purple here by the way Joe Reedy played for the orange team if people were there that are listening now Isaiah Davis showed an aggressiveness and a physicalness or physicality that he hadn't, that I hadn't really seen a whole lot of. Uh, I thought he rebounded a lot better than, than he had rebounded during the school season. Of course, he, he's at Zionsville now. He started at Zionsville. He transferred to Greenwood Christian. He's now back at Zionsville. Um, he, he just was a lot more physical yesterday than I had seen him. Uh, he, he, did, he is coming back from a knee injury. It has been a nagging injury that he was proactively getting taken care of. So it wasn't an incident-related thing, uh, or if it was, it happened late enough last summer that it dragged into the school year. Uh, so he did miss the latter part of the school season, and then he did miss basically all of AAU in April, May. So really, this was his first real live stint back. It has been here the last couple of weeks, and I, I thought he was excellent. Now, if he can be more of that physical guy around the paint, especially in the defensive end of the floor, uh, he is – it's going to complement his game facing the basket extremely well. He's a good shooter, especially for his size at 6'8". Um, and he's going to be a guy that if he can add that physical play, all of a sudden I think that changes the scope of his recruiting, and which right now has been a lot of um, – it's been a lot of D2, and, which is not bad, but it's been a lot of D2 and a lot of um, – I'm going to check here real quick. 
his recruiting. Um, my, uh, <clears throat> yeah, a lot of D2s, NAIAs, Cedarville, Cornerstone, Huntington, Indiana Tech, Lee, uh, Missouri Western State, Rebecca Naz- Nazarene, and Trinity Christian. So D2 NAI mix with a lot of – he's been visiting D- D1s, though. I it did see that on social media. I think the way he played Saturday, you're going to see some schools really want to take a deeper look at him from Division One level. From I think low major. I think defensively he's still kind of a 5-4. And, and whether or not he can guard quicker fours, you know, smaller fours, that you know that will be a challenge depending on which league it is. Uh, sticking with the purple team, uh, the name that we've talked about an awful lot, Leland Walker. I, I think the main thing for him, and I saw a little bit of this on Tuesday night in the the, the the school team league at Grand Park. I think the issue of whether or not he shoots it well enough is is done. He he does. He he's gotten to the point now uh, where his his shot mechanics have really smoothened out. He is he's capable now of just beating people if you go underneath ball screens. You can't you can't just rely on doing that anymore. You might pick your poison and determine you'd rather have him shooting a three, a lightly contested three, or even an uncontested three versus him getting downhill. You may make that decision at this level. Um, but I think now it's just he shoots the ball well enough. And when you are small, and he's small. Um, you know, if you think he's 5'11", you think he's six feet, you know, if you think he's even a little shorter, I hear, I've heard 5'10", anywhere from 5'10 to six feet, depending on who you talk to. Um, if you think he's small, then he's got to shoot well. You can't kind of have two strikes against you and, and you know, just be completely uh, enamored at the, at the high major level. But he is um, – he's gotten to the point now where – he shoots the ball well enough and he's putting up big numbers this spring, this summer. And he, uh, without really forcing it, I thought he was, he looked, he looked great getting good shots this Saturday. I thought his vision off the dribble was, was exceptional. And he was able to split some, split some help situations and then just go one more dribble and get to the rim. No, no, no amazing dunks. No, nobody on a poster. Uh, but he was definitely able to split the, uh, split help defenders and then just explode without that extra dribble. And that, that, that was a big deal for him. So um, I'm going to save one guy cause I didn't actually see. He probably played better the game you did. I'll, I'll save this one dude. The, the one guy that I thought the best was the best. The first session was Ryan Conwell from Pike. And, and again, like Leland answering the question on shooting with Conwell, the question is what position is he? And, and it's really been, you know, for Pike, he plays a lot of point for them. He plays a ton of point for them, even though they've got other guards. Um, he, he's the guy that when, when they get into tough possessions, the ball's in his hands. Uh, there are some times where it sticks with him, but he very rarely does he make the wrong decision. And what you're seeing now with him is his ability to score at all three levels. And he's getting to a point now where – and, and maybe that's – that may not be entirely true. Actually, I, I, what I liked about him this past weekend was he could hop back into a three. He could get that shot pretty easily. He could get to the rim. I didn't see a mid-range game this weekend, and I'd have to really think back. You know, I'd have to really think back to when I really saw him 
get that shot. Pretty much when he puts the ball on the floor, he's trying to kick it out to somebody or get to the rim. Um, but I, I do know that he was he has been a good catch and shoot guy in the past. But what he's really added to his game has been just hitting that three off the dribble. And that comes into play certainly with ball screen action. And that also comes into play where he's turning a corner from the wing or, or going from top to wing. Um, you know, and a defender really is trying to take the downhill away. And for him to be able to play back, dribble back into a three, he's able to extend that. And I, I just thought he was exceptionally in control of the ball. He was in control of possessions. He's super strong. Uh, so you're not going to be able to bother him. And he's not cute with the ball. He does not. It's not a lot of it's not a lot of east west stuff with him. Um, but he's patient with it. He's he's not a dude that catches it and puts it on the ground right away. He's looking and and for him, there's it's kind of waiting for some movement. It's dribble drive at Pike. Um, so the ball, so he's just kind of waiting for guys to get spaced out to sort of give him some extra space. And then he takes it. And, and I, I, I just love the way he's able to get guys on his hip and basically beat them there and force help. I, I thought he was in complete control of their game, uh, this, both their games this past week at the, at the top 100. So uh, who, who were some of the guys that you liked out of that first session? Uh, some of the guys I liked, uh, <clears throat> let's see, uh, Braden Smith, I know I talked about him as being a, a Purdue commit already, but Right, he just he just controlled the game in every part of the or every every part of it. And, I mean, he has got his hand. For the record, I've I've avoided the guys that are committed. So okay, <laughs> but that's I didn't tell you to do that. So that's that's right. fine. That's I, I do think that anytime I anytime we do this, we probably I mean we all hell we all, everybody knows how we feel about Braden. But no, you're you're and you're fine. I don't want to. I just didn't. I would have had him too, but go, go, keep going. You're yeah. good. Yeah. So I, he so just, I did, just tweet, I did tweet about him. Right. I tweeted about him. Right. So just a great distributor. I mean, he was getting everybody else involved, uh, rebounding so well from his position. I mean, anytime he gets downhill, he's going to score. So, and that was the first time I got to see him play live. So it was just, it was nice that I got to do that. And, and I, it, just a great, great player. And he loved getting the other guys involved. That was the other thing too. He was having such a fun time. Uh, I saw Miles Colvin a little bit. He he knocked down some shots. Obviously, you can't leave him open. Uh, so so I felt like he played well. Uh, really good slasher. And once he gets in the open court, it's he's going to finish. Also, uh, I really like Charlie Williams from Carmel. He played really well. Just a solid big underneath. He uh, got a nice touch. He rebounded well. Just great post moves i feel like he has more than just a couple uh he, he'll put the ball on the floor too and, and get to the basket uh i think he's a really solid defender with his length as well uh and then who well uh, i really liked oh it's tough for me to talk about guys because i feel like a couple of them are sleeper picks that that i wanted to talk, use as the sleepers uh, well we can we can get there that's fine you can save them if you if you're done we can move on to those guys uh I'll, let me sam orm was another caramel kid I'll, I'll, I'll use him as my last guy that I really liked uh, just his length, his shooting ability. He, he just, I felt like he played, played really well in this event as well. Uh, that, that's who I was saving for you. Cause that, that was the one he, 
the second game, the, the half that I got a chance to see, didn't get a lot of touches. So okay. a, a lot of a lot of the evaluation that I've got for him um, was mostly just him off the ball, just being effective and screening, and when he comes out of the gates. Yep, I wrote that was. down also. Move it moves well without yeah. the ball. I, I, I when he I comes out of the down. gate, he sets a he sets a flare screen. And then he calls for then he calls for somebody to come get him a back screen. He cuts underneath the rim, and gets a quick catch and a, and a quick post up, you know. And then and then the next possession he comes down. Um, he he hand, dribble hands offs, cuts through the paint, back screens his way out, and you know, and that's a function of of how they're taught to play. And again, right, right. Again, Carmel snob. Not only am I a Carmel snob, I'm a motion snob, and the motion mm-hmm. offense is something you can play. You know, you can do this in in a camp environment. You know, you could you could be that kid and 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 look good doing it. So he made a lot of things happen. But yeah, he was one I was definitely going to leave to you because I I know you liked him. Yep. Plus, nobody wants to hear me talk about Carmel guys, even <laughs> though I just got talking about Carmel guys. So right. So it's not just me that thinks these Carmel kids are eh, pretty good. Yeah, they're decent. What um. Give me a couple sleepers. How many? Give me a couple sleepers. I'll give you a couple, and then if there's anybody else we need to clean up, then we'll we'll move yeah. on to session two. Yeah, uh, I don't know how much of a sleeper he is anymore after yesterday. I mean, maybe he could be. Uh, I really liked Nickens Lemba from Southport for the half yeah. that, I, that I saw him. Super motor, uh, super athletic, also super raw. But but I feel like he's somebody down the road that a college could really mold and shape into something really special. Uh, he's a Southport right now. Uh, another kid that I liked, uh, Steel Brassfield from New Pal. Uh, that was the first time I gotten to see him play. He's got great size uh, for a shooter outside. I could see him as a two or a three. Uh, I don't want to lock him in at like a Crossroads League level, but but I feel like that's somebody that, that the Crossroads League would really like to have. Uh, right. And then – my last sleeper, I think. Well, I could go with two more. I'll say, I'll say, Josh Wack, another Carmel kid for you. Yeah. Uh, really liked how he played. I've seen him before, but I mean, he, he consistency, Mister Consistency. I feel like great defender. He can handle the ball when he has to. Uh, he rebounds his position well. He moves well without the ball. He knocked down, I think, one three in the game I saw. But other than that, he was getting touches inside and finishing at the rim and stuff, but just a great defender. And then the last guy I'll talk about uh, was Nick Richart from Zionsville. Yep. Good size, strong lefty, uh, pretty active around the rim. I didn't, I don't think he rebounded too much in the games that I saw. Uh, Decent post game so far, likes to finish with his left hand. He's always, he's got a little lefty hook that he does. Uh, Finishes through contact pretty well, and he runs the court well as well for a big guy. The, the Limba one was good. I, I he, He's way more fluid than he's been in the past. And and a lot of that, what I what I saw in him was he drove the ball, which, I mean, you're right. He's His motor is tremendous, and he's super athletic. Yep. And when he, he drove the ball. He got, he got to the – around the paint. And then he was patient. At least this was the couple of instances I saw. And then he was patient, didn't just put up some wild shot. He made sure he was right. He made sure he got his feet underneath him. And again, this is all taking place in about a, maybe a second and a second and a half. 
you know, he's, he's feeling his, you know, he's figuring out where his defender is. He's taking that extra pivot, making sure he gets a clean look. And I, I just thought he was way more, um, way more in control um, on his finishes than what he had been in the past. And, you know, he's, he still has to prove that he can shoot from the outside. I, you know, I, I see him shoot around before games, you know, at events and things like that. He's shot looks, shot mechanics look, look good. Um, but it's not something that he's really brought out in a game that's, that's been too effective just yet. But, but it's six, six long, super athletic. Yeah. I, I really like him. He, he, uh, he's one of the guys I had listed as a sleeper as well. Um, and I guess probably one of my guys that's, I guess when you're starting to get division one offers, it's maybe you're not a sleeper anymore. Jackson Edwards. Uh, I just love him defensively. And I, I guess I think the reason why I still think he's a little under the radar is because he's sort of, you know, with, with Comer and with some of the attention that, that Booker's getting and, and Jake Davis is such an important part of what they do. Not that Jackson isn't Jackson doesn't, you know, doesn't get a lot of headlines and, but he's a kid that, can defend multiple positions. Um, his his shot is is improving, um, but but no matter what happens, he is going to be a kid that, that defends and rebounds at, at a high level. And and, and by de- rebounding, I mean his position. So another kid that I liked uh, is the, I guess you could say he's the other brother of the Gerard twins, Armand Gerard. His brother Armand has multiple offers at Division One level. Armand has one. They both have a SEMO offer. Armand is a little bit, a little bit shorter and a little bit thinner. Um, I think he's he's got a chip on his shoulder because I think now I know he loves his brother, and I, I coached his father, so I, it's not like there's any jealousy there. But I think he's got a little chip on his shoulder with people kind of assuming he's the second brother. And I think you're going to see a situation with him where he's going to end up somewhere. And I, I think he has, he's got, he shoots the ball extremely well and he defends extremely well. And those two things are coveted at any level. And even though his brother may be stronger, maybe a touch more athletic, uh, a little bit bigger, I, I really like, Armand's focus, I love his demeanor on the court. He doesn't take crap from anybody, and he's not just going to let you think he's he's the lesser guy. He's going to make you pay for putting too much pressure or too much attention on his brother. Um, and one more guy I want to talk about um, is, is Chandler Jackson from Warren Central. He's a kid that, for my money, is one of the best shooters in that class. At 6'5", I think he can guard multiple positions. And in his recruiting might be his recruiting might be maximized the, the well definitely if his recruiting would be maximized if if you really think he if you're really buying into like he's just, he's going to be able to guard threes and i to me that's his ideal position i could see nai schools getting more involved thinking he could be a combo forward um i could definitely see that being the case um but, but right now he just doesn't have a lot of action going on. I don't know what the story there is, but he's definitely a kid that I think that um, Division two schools should be taking a look at. And as well as he shoots at, I think if you're a low D1, you're not going to hurt yourself to go after him either. But 
But even at the NAI level, as competitive as some of these schools are, he would be a great addition for all those schools. So anything else before we move on to uh, session I two? I, I think I got my guys covered on in the first session, yeah. All right, good, because my battery's dying on my laptop. So <laughs> um, session two, quickly. JT Roberts was the guy I wanted to talk about because of not just because of his offer, but because I loved the way he played the top work in the top 100 yesterday. His energy level, his enthusiasm when he plays is tremendous. You know, he, he a lot like Limba, his, his perimeter skills are improving. They definitely are, are he's more fluid. It, it, he's better decision maker attacking the basket off the dribble. Um, he is, his shots improved, but, it, but it, it's not obviously the best aspect of his game, but he definitely runs the floor hard. He got taken, he took advantage of that in the top 100 with, with a couple two or three transition uh, opportunities where he was able to break out and, and, you know, get transition jump, get transition dunk, excuse me. And, and all of his jump shots right now come off catch and shoot opportunities. But what I, I do love that he's improved his feel around the rim and, and his finishing ability off the dribble in the half court. So another guy that um, I know you're going to like to hear me name Richard Brooks. Yeah. Uh, Brooks, Brooks's shot is getting quicker. This is just based on a couple times I saw him play during the school year. Um, he, he's definitely got a he's definitely got a quicker release than what he did then. Um, he probably didn't shoot it as well as what I've seen him shoot in the past. And it's it's not the strongest part of his game, but it's definitely an improving part of his game. He's still really physical in the paint. He's still really physical anytime he puts the ball on the floor, and he takes contact well and finishes. And he he just continued that uh, this Saturday. Uh, Brandon Northern was the guy that, um, you know, I was in Southern Indiana today watching games and somebody said to me, that somebody had read the tweet that I, about Brandon Northern, where I said Brandon Northern and, and, um, and Jamie Hodges were the two best decision, were the two best playmakers there, um, not named Braden Smith. And somebody in the crowd that kind of knew, I guess kind of knew who I was um, or knew that I was one that tweeted that. Um, commented, well, yeah, if you play with Kaufman and Jacoby, you're going to be a really good playmaker. Well, Kaufman and Jacoby weren't there yesterday, <laughs> and he was still making plays I mean, he for others. You know, he still was looking for people. So this is something that – that answers a really big question. Now, Silver Creek may not have a lot of other options, or certainly not the options they've had the last couple of years, but, but they're definitely going to be more familiar options to Brandon than what he was playing with yesterday. And he was creating shots for others. So, um, you know, I definitely appreciated the way he played. He was really unselfish, really aggressive. And I thought that, um, you know, that's that's going to be the kind of player that he is in, in college. That, that kind of gets us to Jamie Hodges since I mentioned him. You know, he was – he's a guy that I don't see play during the school season much. That's That's more your realm. Yep, yep. And I've yet to see him play this spring. So I was really impressed with his – he got to the paint at will, mm -hmm. which is – which, you know, that happens. I mean, he's he's super quick. He's a strong kid. He's, size is going to be an issue with him. And I did not see him shoot from the outside this game. So everything for him was him hunting paint touches. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. He was He was relentless in that regard. Um, and then what I loved is how shifty he was in small spaces and how patient he was. And he's not, he wasn't, 
he wasn't cute. He wasn't fancy. He just, he found a spot. If he could get to another spot, even within the paint, he could, or he did. Yep. And then yep. he would find somebody. Um, he did finish in traffic. I mean, he's definitely the strength of his body. He's able to take contact and finish. He elevates well. He's a good athlete. Um, you know, so the, the questions for him going forward will be how high can he defend? I mean, if, if you're a Division I school, can he guard points point guards in your league? Um, there's been a lot of examples of that over time where that's that's gone well. But like we talked about with Leland Walker, you know, the, the question for him with a lot of high majors is does he shoot it well enough relative to his size? Because obviously at the high major level, there's a lot of guys that are athletic and play the point who are bigger than six feet. Um, it's going to be the same thing with Jamie. If he's going to be in a situation where he climbs into some Division One offers as he gets recruited a little bit more seriously, uh, does he shoot it well enough at his size to um, to turn you know, to turn some heads? Right. Um, and and, de- and defensively, I've seen him get after people. Um, you know, I've seen him get into people physically because you know sometimes those little guys get really low into your body and it's and it's tough. <laughs> Um, but you know, he's also, those are dudes that oftentimes get shot over too. And so teams are going to have to make decisions with him. But one thing you you definitely can't, you can't not love his decision-making. You can't not love his athleticism. Yep. And, you know, I think as, as he answers the shooting question, maybe you can touch on this as, as he answers the shooting question more. I mean, I know he's had some big scoring games at Michigan city, but I'm, I don't know how much of that's just him getting the paint and relying on the free throw line, but um, I, I just loved his overall play yesterday, especially his just his unselfishness and his ability to get to spots where he can find damn near anybody on the floor. Right. How well does he normally shoot right. it when you've seen him play? He can shoot it from outside. I've I've seen him come down the court and hit two or three in a row from outside. Uh, so yeah, the, I I feel like the shooting is there for him. I couldn't tell you what percentage he shoots from three, but but it is right. It, it, he's capable. And then the last guy that I'm going to talk about before dipping into a couple of sleep, uh, sleeper guys or under the radar guys, Billy Smith from the Buff. You know, he picked up a Miami of Ohio offer the, before the camp. Um, I know they played a team camp out there, and he he did really really well uh, by all reporting. And but but the question was still asked, and I think he could play in the MAC. And and look, I you look at the positive attributes of a kid like that. He's six six. He's a hell of a decision. You know, he's a hell of a you know decision maker basketball wise. His IQ is off the chart. Um, definitely good enough student to go to Miami. He's an exceptional student. Um, he is. He shoots the ball extremely well, and he's a willing defender. And those are. You know, those are things that most coaches can work with, especially when he shoots the ball as well as he does. But then when I watched him yesterday, I mean, the way he was getting into shots, the types of shots he hits, I mean, he was getting his own shot yesterday. And that is not something that I had seen him do a lot of up to this point. Um, I, I Maybe a little bit this spring, but it was not something that he was doing regularly at Brebuff against their better competition. Uh, I, you know, the cathedral game may not have been the best ex- environment for any of those guys because Ke- cathedral kind of put it on them early. Uh, but Billy was fabulous yesterday in terms of creating his own shot and, and making them, you know, it's not, a, it's, it's, 
you know, it's, it's important to make shots and he was definitely making them. He's, uh, he's always been a good outside shooter, like catch and shoot guy, but to watch him score off the dribble in a variety of ways, uh, it's just something that I had not seen him do a lot of, or at least something not against, or at least not to the level that he was doing it yesterday. So, um, I, you know, I think he's, he's played his way into, he's going to be more of a, you know, division one prospect. I know most, all of his offers up to that point have been, uh, D2 offers or, or even maybe an NAI offer. So, but he's, uh, Miami came through this week with an offer. I, I think that's one of those deals where unless, unless something really jumps with him, I, my guess is as good of a school Miami is academically that he ends up there. That's just pure speculation on, on not only the family that I've, that I've known for a while, but also in just how recruiting works. And Miami took a really big chance on him. And he came out yesterday and proved that it was is definitely worth it. So a um, couple of sleepers that I thought there's definitely going to be one that I know most of you haven't heard of. <laughs> I'm going to start, though, with Logan McIntyre from North Harrison. Uh, he was extremely aggressive yesterday. I, I loved how he was attacking, attacking the basket. Uh, he was not bashful in transition when he got kickouts for threes. And I thought that um, – you know, he was, he was, he was quick with the ball. I, he definitely fit on the court, you know, against different type of athletes, you know, against, you know, better athletes, you know, North Harrison, they're going to have to really change the way they play. Uh, you know, they've been, everything's been really wrapped around, uh, you know, Langdon Hatton down there and the last couple of years, understandably so. And you know, Langdon's also a guy that is a, that will shoot the trail three for a big man. And they're going to miss a lot of his scoring. So Logan McIntyre, who had a who had a good junior year, is going to have to have a bigger senior year for them to continue to be as good as they've been. And the, the way he's playing, they do have a good group of kids that are going to be juniors next year behind him. They they basically played four sophomores last year in their main rotation. So those guys will be a big part of it. And they're getting Ethan Oakley back after what has been – at least by my count, it seems like two years of not playing. Uh, Ethan Oakley is a six-eight center. He's going to be a senior this year. Looks like he's finally healthy, and so he's going to be a nice addition for them. And um, he's been playing basketball this spring. I, I think he was, I think he was probably able to play during the school year this year. But I also think that he plays the same position as Hatton. I don't know if they played together a whole lot, so his playing time may have been limited. But he's going to have a bigger role. But McIntyre is going to be a guy, along with the incoming junior Caleb Kellums. But McIntyre is going to be a guy that you'll see his his production jump. So the other sleeper that I think are under the radar guys, Jake Chapman from Tri Central. I touched on him a little bit in a tweet yesterday. Um, look, there's not a whole lot coming out of Tri Central. You know, Grayson Flitner was obviously a, a good player for them. He went to Gardner Webb and and probably some of the best teams they've ever had at Gardner-Webb. Um, and um, he was uh, – they've not had a whole lot since then. And Jake – I didn't know much about Jake last year until Coach Bowen put his stuff on Max Preps. And all of a sudden, there, there's this kid from Tri-Central who's scoring about 19 a game and leads them in rebounding and, and pretty good assist numbers. And, and he came out yesterday and he showed that he belonged. You know, he did not uh, shy away. He handled the uh, – he handled the upgrade in competition, athleticism extremely well. Uh, he shot the ball well, and I thought he finished in, in the paint 
extremely well off the dribble. He had a nice mid-range game. And and then when, you know, help was there, he found people. He didn't force it. So the game did not speed up for him. And I thought he was um, – I thought he was good. I think if I'm NAI schools, i got to take a look at him. I, I do question a little bit what he'll defend. You know, that's not exactly a great environment for that because you're basically – everybody's on an island. There's not a ton of help out there. Definitely early help. There's certainly help in the paint, but not a lot of perimeter help. Um so I'll be curious to see where that part of his game goes. But uh, offensively, he was he was good yesterday, and I, I liked him a lot. So so that was Jake Chapman from Tri-Central. So you mentioned a little bit uh, – or you you'd sent me a little note. You'd forgotten somebody that you wanted to talk about. Yeah, I had a, one more sleeper I wanted to talk about. Uh, Colin Comer from Greensburg. I liked him okay, yesterday. Yeah. Uh, played really aggressive. Uh, he's got a great shot. Hit a few outside shots. Uh, pretty athletic. He's not afraid to attack the rim. Uh, he blocked a couple shots yesterday at the rim also for some guys. Uh, I did talk to his brother a little bit and his dad. I, he was kind of nursing a hurt leg. So I know that affected his shot a little bit, not being able to get that elevation. But but I feel like he's a guy moving forward that, that's going to be pretty good. The last of the Comers. The last of the Comers. The, thir- the third of three. The third <laughs> of three from the uh... – Landon Greensburg. So, what uh, was, was there anything else you wanted to talk about from the, the top 100? Yeah, just a few of the guys from up here, uh, just to see how you thought they played and what how they looked, maybe. Which uh, which guys were you thinking of? Uh, AJ Lux. How'd he look? How'd he shoot for you? He did well. I mean, he's look. He's a kid that you know when he was younger, he was. I mean, he was small, you know, he was, he's, he's thin, he's still thin, but he was, he was small. But when your dad's six, nine and as good as TJ was, you, you kind of figured and as skilled as AJ was, even at that, at that age, you know, he, you, you knew he wasn't going to be, he was eventually going to grow, you know, he was eventually going to grow into those feet. Um, we joked about him being all elbows and knees. He's finally getting to the point now where he's stretching out. He's six, probably close to six, five now. I don't know that he's – I don't think he's going to get to be as tall as his dad, but he's definitely – if he's 6'4", 6'5", which is what he is, and he's and he shoots the ball as well as he does. I think the only – and he did shoot well yesterday, but he didn't force shots. That's good. He's not – and he's not a guy that does. I mean, he's not bashful, but he doesn't take bad right. shots. Right, I agree. Um, but he's got a quick release, and he still is a kid that – the question will be is that how does he get weight on his body how does he maintain that weight? And then what does that do for him defensively? Yes. Um, you know, what what position does he guard? I think that's going to be – look, he's a willing defender, and there's, you know, there's a lot of positives in that. He's a good team defender. Um, he's, he's got a great off-ball awareness. But there's still going to be some questions defensively. I mean, he works at it. So that's that's the most important thing. Um, I'd rather have that than a kid who who's – super gifted and doesn't doesn't understand concepts doesn't know what you know and doesn't work at it um but no i thought he i thought he performed well so um the 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 weight issue will be will be one for him going forward and it's i'm not entirely sure how much that he controls right Right. other than i mean he can lift all day if he just can't maintain it the damn metabolism killing him (laughs) how about uh travis grayson how how would you compare him to like a jamie hodges type player I, he's, he's bigger, he's longer. 
um, I, I think Hodges has better vision than Travis. Um, and I don't know if that's, you know, I don't see Jamie play during the school season. I see Travis a little more because Chesterton seems to get around, you know, get out of the region a little bit every year. Yes. Um, it's, I mean, I think Jamie's a little bit more athletic, not that, not that Travis isn't, but I, I love that. I love how hard Travis plays. Um, Jamie probably handles it a little bit better. And I, I guess it's just because I see him get in the lane and make, make a lot of good decisions where Travis, when he gets in the paint, and this isn't necessarily a negative, I just see Jamie do more where the Travis will get to the paint. He, he's trying to finish. Yeah. You know, he, he's, he's trying to finish almost every time. Yeah. And, and, and like Jamie, I've not seen Travis shoot the ball a whole lot from the, from outside. Um, I don't know if that's a function of timing or what, you know, and that's, I mean, that's a kid I've coached against once and I'm, albeit it was early. Well, it was this time last year because last year we were getting started in June. We would have played them a year ago this past weekend and uh, playing up and, and beat them and beat that group that he was with. And I mean, he was their best player, but we, we've got size at the point and his penetration didn't bother us. Uh, we didn't have to help a lot early um, with him because we, we had the size to absorb his physical, his physicality. Um, but I've got, you know, positive notes from yesterday. So it wasn't like he did, you know, it wasn't like he didn't have a good day. I just, the comparison between those two, right. I think Jamie has displayed a little bit better vision sure. than, than what Travis has displayed. Okay. Uh, did you get to see Marcus Burton play from Penn? No, they both their games were in the main gym. Oh, and I didn't I didn't move over there. So I didn't see the blue team in either. So from a from a public like so from a note standpoint, basically the blue team on the the second session didn't get any coverage from us. So okay. I apologize to those families because I mean I've okay. got notes on almost every I've got notes on ninety percent of these kids that I saw. Uh, I don't know sure. what you've got written down yet. Um, I mean, we'll get that up here in the next day or two um, on the website. But, um, yeah, I did not see the blue team in either session. Okay. Uh, a- Andrew Leeper then from Homestead. I mean, I, I, look, I like how hard he plays. I'm still, try- I'm still struggling with what his definable skill is on offense. And – you know, when he's not when he's not hitting the offensive glass, when he's not well hitting the glass in either way. But I mean offensively, I just don't know. And, you know, sometimes camp settings aren't great because you're not getting a lot of touches, you're not getting a lot, you know, a kid like Leaper is probably gonna be a guy that screens and then is a second cutter. You know, right. he's gonna be a guy that gets that gets the ball because his man has to help because he's doing an effective job of getting somebody else open. Um He's, he wasn't getting any of those catches. Nobody was getting those catches yesterday, <laughs> in fairness. Um, but I just don't know what he does offensively yet. You've got a better feel for him than you do. He didn't – when Carmel played Homestead, he wasn't much of an offensive factor. I think he's he's good. He can guard multiple positions at the high school level. You know, he definitely – I think at the high school level, he can guard three through five. I think if he gets caught on a switch, he's not he's not going to hurt you. I think at the college level, he's probably going to be able to guard four or five, 
most effectively, and he's probably most recruited as most recruitable as a four. Um, so he's going to have to be in a system that utilizes him as a second cutter. And certainly, I don't know that he's going to be somebody that's where you're going to wrap a little bit of your offense around him getting touches. Um, right. But you know, but he plays hard, and and he's physical. You know, he doesn't back away from anybody, and I, I've liked how he's rebounded. Um, but yeah, I just it's it's tough for that to stand out in a camp like this. So, I mean, a lot of a lot of my notes yesterday, you know, some of these kids were basically extensions of what I've seen in the past. And he's sure he's kind of one of them. I mean, that's literally what I've got. It said plays hard as a willing defender, still not a definable offensive skill set yet. Okay. So at, at a level that matters, you know, I mean, there's times where I'm sure he drives and he's, he's the strongest guy on the floor and he's, and he's going to finish and look good. You know, there's probably going to be some school games where that's the case. There's, there won't be a lot of college games where that's the case. And so that's what, that's what has to, you have to figure out what translates and what doesn't. So anyone else uh, there? Yeah. Was Ashton Williamson there? Did you see him? He was, he was not there. Okay. Jalen Washington was not there. Right. Um, yeah. There were a few other guys that weren't there uh, from the first session. I remember CJ gun was not there. Johnny Summers was there, but did not play. Ashton Williamson was not there. Brees walls was not there. Um, that was the second session. The first session, let's see, the second session we had um, Clark Bar Barrett was not there, but he was replaced. Th those are the guys I named that were not replaced. Clark Barrett was not there, but Travis Hannon. Wait, Travis, Travis Hannon. is the dad, right? Travis or is, is Travis the, dad. the kid? No, Travis is the dad, yeah. Bryson is the son. Bryce, Bryce is the, yeah, Bryson is the kid. Bryson Hannon was there for Clark Barrett. Um, trying to think who else. I know CJ Gunn wasn't first there. First session. Yeah, first session, Xavier Booker was there but did not play. Nick Claver was there, but he did not play. He was injured. Um, guys that were replaced. Um, JJ Loudon was not there. Um, then um, Jesse Ferris replaced him from Ben Davis. Uh, Brandon Razor Moore was not on the, initial, on the initial list, but he was there. Kamari Slaughter was not on the original list, but he was there. I forgot who they who both those guys replaced. Um, and yeah, CJ Gunn was not there. CJ Gunn might have been the the um, might have been the Jesse Ferris replacement. I can't remember. But yeah, so there's there were a number of guys that weren't there that were replaced, and then there were still a handful of guys that either didn't show up or showed up and were injured. So uh, Jesse was there for JJ Loudon, remember? Yeah, I, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. You're right. Actually, I said that, didn't I? <laughs> and then I then I caught then I changed my mind because that was dumb. All right. What did you think about Jackson Goldman? Um, after I mentioned him earlier, what did you think about him? I mean, I've liked him. His dad knows that. <laughs> yeah. Um, he didn't shoot well yesterday. Um, okay. And with that group, that group he played with didn't get a lot of shots. So it wasn't wasn't a lot of rhythm with that group, and, and in fact, their coaches were complaining the first game they didn't think they scored very well, and and of course Beagle Landon Beagle's in that team who who I coach who's had an eight point three uh, eight three pointer game and two six three pointer games this spring. I'm thinking just let him pump it in from outside because right, <laughs> and he, he did he did get a couple of really good looks in the, the game I saw. I don't know how he played in front of you, um, 
but their their coaches did not feel they shot the ball very well in that first game, which would have been the game you saw. Wait, no, that, was, no, that was not the game you saw. That would have been in the main gym, though. So, so I didn't get a chance to see that game, and you weren't there for the second session. Right. So, right, yeah, Jackson didn't shoot the ball, didn't not well in the, the second game. And I don't think anybody shot the ball well the first game, according to their coaches. Um, and that may just be a general assessment. I don't know if it, if any of those individuals stood out or not, but um, they uh, that was just something they were commentating on. So, because that was. Coach Howe. Okay. And one more from that team, Deglin Sullivan. Then you said they didn't play well, so I assume he was part of that also. Yeah, he was part of that too. Yeah, probably. He, <laughs> he definitely was part of that in the second game. He, you know, Deglin, Deglin's super, super aggressive, super crafty with the ball. He protects it well. Um, he did not shoot the ball well yesterday. Um, he, I love that he's always trying to get the paint, though, and finding people. I mean, that's obviously effective with some of the weapons they have for Marion, especially playing with Brooks. Yeah. Um, but look, you're gonna have you're gonna have games. These these aren't defining moments. These none of these kids, unless unless kids just dog it or just are crappy teammates, none of these kids hurt themselves in, in a in a in a situation like this. They can certainly help themselves and they can certainly not help themselves by just having a bad shooting day. But what I like about Sullivan is – and Gould's the same way. Both those kids, you know, they didn't shoot well, but but they didn't they, – they still played hard. You know, they still were looking – they weren't forcing things. They weren't taking dumb shots. They weren't – you know, they weren't being bad teammates. They weren't – Right. You know, you see some frustration claps as they get down to the floor defensively. But the key part of that is they were getting down the floor defensively. You know, they weren't just like, ah, screw this. I'm not having a good day. I'm just going to mail it in. Neither one of those guys did that. So I, I love that maturity level in those guys. Um, you know, and, and Deaglin, Deaglin's interesting because obviously his freshman year, he played off the ball a lot and shot the heck out of it his freshman year. And last year yeah. didn't shoot it as yeah. well with the ball in his hand a ton. And the ball is still in his hand a ton. And I, I do think he is better catch and shoot than he is off the dribble. Um, but but there's going to be games where he can be really creative. And and if that's that's the level where he's most effective is when he can create and find people. And, you know, he's, you know, obviously for Marion, Mishawaka Marion, he's got Brooks. Um, and then they'll have some other pieces to go with him as well. So, um but yeah, he did not shoot the ball well yesterday. So, I mean, it's a definitely a make or miss camp sometimes. So, right. Anyone else? I, I think yeah, that was about I it. I, missed any, I mean, there have been other guys that play well. We just didn't get to him. I, you know, I, right. Logan Imes is a guy that I think, you know, he plays well. And then when he's out there, just finding people. Um, it, it might make him a guy like me appreciate it more. I know his coaches appreciate him, but if everybody's out there just watching kids that hit shots, he, he didn't shoot a ton yesterday. Um, you know, he spent half his damn time finding people. And, um, you know, I love, I would have loved to see Lila Walker and Tayshawn Comer play against each other, but they did play well together. I, I thought that group moved the ball pretty well. So they were, they were fun to watch. Yeah, definitely. Yesterday. Um, 
And uh, it was funny, Jamison Dunham, Kellen's youngest brother, we're out of Comers, just like we're out of Dunham's now. <laughs> and um, there's like five Dunham's, three Comers. Uh, I'm not sure what, why Kurt, Kurt couldn't keep up. I'm not sure what's happening there. But <laughs> no, so Jamison's the last of Dunham's. And, and I wrote down as I was typing, I said, got the spots for mid-range shots, but didn't. He did struggle to finish a little bit. Most of that was just oversized. And I said, and he, and he didn't look, he really wasn't looking to shoot from the perimeter. And then right as I typed that, he hit the game winning three. So, what, you know, what the hell do I know? But, um, you know, Dunham looked really good last week at their Pendleton shootout. Uh, just complete control of the ball. And, um, you know, they got some young dudes at Pendleton. He's going to be like their one senior that, that produces. Uh, they're, they're, they got some up and coming young guys at Pendleton that, share some of the scoring load with him, but um, I thought he looked, Dunham looked pretty good yesterday setting people up. He just, he just couldn't get things to roll in, but then he hit the game winning shot. So, so it was, it felt pretty good for him on that. So anything else? That uh, was pretty, pretty well covered at all. I think, <clears throat> well, the yeah, one, ones we so. could, I mean, we, yeah, I mean, we're, you know, really we just talked about a dozen kids out of a yeah. hundred. We talked about maybe just over 10% of the camp. I don't know. It's, it, it's tough. We really, I mean, we're, like I said, I've got notes on 90% of these guys. Um, you know, we're going to get those published here pretty soon on a, on behind the paywall though. So that will start in that aspect of the, of the, of the website now this week. So, um, but um, you know, it was, it was good. It's good to be back in basketball normalcy again this week. We're going to be able to watch teams playing the Charlie Hughes. You're going to be able to come down for that at all. Uh, hopefully, but I'm not, can't can't commit 100 right now <laughs> yeah you need to get yeah it's a good one it's it's fun they these, these teams take it seriously and the coaches can be there kind of amp it up a little bit it's a great environment games this weekend for those that don't know there's 103 or 106 schools playing in it so that's basically a quarter of the uh, of the electorate so to speak uh they're going to be games played at carmel high school and westfield high school and i think as well as westfield intermediate school which is just right across the street I don't know if they're using any of the Carmel middle schools or not, but um, usually in this setup, Carmel uses six courts. So you'll have six courts at Carmel. You'll have four courts at Westfield. I'm sorry, five courts at Westfield high school. And then you'll have two courts at Westfield intermediate. The schedule has been posted and pulled down a couple of times. I don't know what the status of it is now, but those games will start Friday, maybe early afternoon. So, um, you know, for those that listen, that plan on getting to that, um, you plan on seeing a full – you might be able to get to see a full day of basketball Friday. Um, sometimes that starts – sometimes it starts in the morning. But um, just haven't had a chance to eyeball the schedule yet. But I know there's some games that start like at 4 o'clock for sure, and I think they start a little bit earlier. So, got our reads ready? Yeah, let's do it. Box Out Sports. Box Out Sports is leading online graphic solution, giving you the ability to create professional content in seconds to highlight your team and student athletes this season. You can sign up for a free demo at boxoutsports.com. Now would be a good time to hop on that so you can start practicing for the season. Who, me? For anybody no, listening, people, the anybody? listeners, our people, yes. The, the listeners, nice. We got more of them. We got more and more listeners every week. I like it. Yeah, uh, no doubt. Indiana podcast is on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, as well as SoundCloud. You can subscribe via each of those apps and have them delivered straight to your phone, tablet, or desktop. We'd appreciate a rating and review. Certainly a five-star rating would be even appreciated even more greatly. 
And if you have any content ideas, um, please send us a, a DM on Twitter, especially on Twitter, where we're at Courtside IND. That's at Courtside IND on Twitter. And uh, Zach, looking forward to hopefully getting you down this next weekend. Yes. And uh, for those that listen every week, we appreciate it. And for those that are listening for the first time, thanks for listening. And, and hopefully you subscribe and come back and listen some more. So for Zach Tyler, this is Jim Reamer. Appreciate everybody and have a good week. Yeah.